0: You're listening to a talk from Grace Church Barrow, a local church community for Holbeck, Roos and beyond. Our current teaching series is called Rebuild, looking at the Old Testament book of Haggai. Today's message comes from Haggai chapter one. So I wonder, um, I wonder what you're like with building projects. Okay, I know some of us, uh, certainly at Grace Church, are pretty hot on building projects, um, and this is where I'm kind of like, I'm just so far away. Um, so some of us are decorating new new houses, um, some of us are painting, some of us are planning new rooms in our houses. Um, some of us have got ladders up and wallpaper up, and um, are, you know, are really on it with with building and building projects. Um, I, am, I am the worst, okay, at DIY. So if you've ever been into our kitchen, you'll see that um, the two things I've done in our kitchen are two shelves, um, and the shelves are basically, if you can see the angle, are basically at this angle, which is actually quite a handy kind of design feature, I like to think, because basically, if you're just reaching for your, for the coffee pot, you can just tap it and the coffee pot just gradually comes towards you, which I think is perfect. Um, but basically I'm not particularly good at at building and the best thing, the best building project I was ever part of was when I, I lived in London and the guy that I lived with, one of my mates basically built me a bed from scratch, but he built it raised up. And so basically I could get out of bed in the morning and pull a lever and it kind of fell down and I basically had a desk area and that was, that was pretty special. But but anyway, um, but building projects um, were basically were looking in the book of Haggai at a building project, the building project for the temple of God, um, and yet this was a building project that was falling apart. It just hadn't really got got going. We know from the book of Nehemiah and the book of Ezra, which are kind of set a few years before Haggai, that God's people had started building, uh, and yet. Um, this was a building project that was not really going anywhere. Um, and so as we come in to look at these, um, this book, we're going to see actually this book really kind of challenge us on our priorities as well as, uh, particularly in this chapter, helping us to trust in God's promises about what he is doing in this world. Now we filled in a bit of the background already. We talked about how um, book of Haggai set in 520 BC. God's people... Um, known as Israel throughout the Old Testament they were promised this special place um, the promised land a a land full of blessing and safety where God would be with them but here's the thing they kept turning their backs on God and God warned them again and again that if they kept turning their back on him they would be sent out of that land they'd be taken over by their enemies Um, and that is exactly what happened their disobedience led to exile um, the Babylonians took them away. But after 70 years, the Babylonian Empire had, had itself fallen. And the Persian Empire, this King Darius, who we read about in verse 1 of Haggai, basically says to the people of Israel, okay, you can go back. Um, you can go back. And yet God's, God's land, the land of Israel, had been decimated. The temple was just lying there in ruins. And so they began this building project. Um, and we read about that in Nehemiah and Ezra, as I say. And yet, despite some good intentions, despite some good work, basically 20, uh, 18 years passes and uh, basically 520 BC and the temple is basically just a bunch of scaffolding. And this is where Haggai comes onto the scene. Uh, it's just two chapters, you'll notice. In fact, we read one of the, the whole chapter, the first chapter today. It's just 38 verses um, and yet God brings through Haggai His word into this situation, and they are urged to crack on and build god 's temple. Now you might instinctively think well what's that what's that got to do with us? you know we're living in twenty twenty um how on earth is that going to apply to me in my life? Um, you know we might think about the temple being in israel well, you know what's what what's this got to do with us and one reaction might be, well. Maybe it's just kind of interesting history. Oh, well, it's nice to know our Bibles a little bit better. It's nice to know a little bit more about the Old Testament um, and know how the the temple fits in with that and you know, just know a bit more Bible history. But so what? What's the point of giving some time on a Sunday morning to to doing a history lecture? And so we might think, well, okay, does this mean that we've then got to be involved in building this, this temple in Jerusalem? Are we, you know, as soon as lockdown ends, are we men at all book tickets on EasyJet for, for Jerusalem and go and, and start being part of this building project, kind of push, push everyone else who's in Jerusalem out of the way and say, we need to crack on. This is, this is our place. We need to build a temple. And so we've, we've got to ask the question, well, how does this connect to us in 2020? And this is where we need to understand that the Bible story is an unfolding story, I know some of us have been kind of doing Bible overviews and things like that, and we see actually the Bible is an unfolding story. And one of the, one of the, the ways the Bible works is, particularly in the Old Testament, you get what are called types. You get, you get things that are like a little image, a little model. So I want you to imagine like a little model car, okay? Okay. Imagine a little model car that you you've got at home or you played with as a kid. Now that car is is not the real thing, is it? It's a type. It's a model. And the real thing is, you know, is the thing you get in you get in and drive around in. Um, hopefully not too much at the moment. But the point is that 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 little car is a type. It's a model. And in the in the Bible we discover that in the Old Testament lots of the 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 language lots of the ideas like priests like temples like the garden of eden they they they're then used in the new testament as as if they're little models little types and in the new testament we're shown what is the real thing what's the fulfillment of them what's the real car if you like so as we as we read haggai and as we think about building the temple we need to understand how the new testament uses the language of the temple. And I think it uses the language of the temple in four ways. Hopefully you can see um, these on the screen. Um, four ways the temple is used in the in the New Testament. Firstly, it talks about the temple being Jesus. So Jesus describes himself as like a temple because he is the, the manifestation of God's presence. The word has become flesh. Um, He has dwelt among us. Jesus describes himself as like a temple. His body is going to be broken. The temple is going to be brought down and raised up in three days, he says. But the New Testament also describes every Christian as being a temple. In other words, God's spirit dwells in our hearts. God's presence is, is with us. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 uses that language. But it's not just that every Christian is a temple. Collectively, we are a temple. So God's people together are also described as a as a spiritual dwelling place for God. The people of God are where God's presence is. And 1 Peter chapter 2 talks about uh, the, God's temple, the church being built up, each Christian like a living stone. But also the fourth way that the the New Testament uses language, the temple is to say that God's presence is going to be fully present in the new creation. So the new heavens and the new earth, when Jesus returns, that will be like a temple, a huge worldwide temple. In other words, God's presence will be there fully. Finally, it will be perfect. And so when we, when we, when we read in Haggai and we, and we read these instructions to build a temple and we think about, well, what does that mean to us? We need to see it through this lens, the New Testament's kind of lens and see, well, we're not being called to build a a physical building, a physical building in Jerusalem. We're being called to get on with God's eternal project to make and grow followers of Jesus for his glory. Um, I hope that makes sense on there. So what does it mean to build God's temple today? It's to be part of God's eternal project to make and grow followers, people of Jesus for his glory. And I think that, can, that looks like three things. Um, it, it begins with us. So actually, if, if God's, God's big project is to grow disciples, then that begins with me, doesn't it? It begins with me turning and trusting in Jesus, perhaps for the first time, but then growing as a Christian, growing as someone who, who honours God, who wants to make much of him with my life. But then it looks like other people becoming Christians, other people turning to Jesus for the first time, putting their trust in him. But also it looks like other people growing as Christians. Um, So other people not just kind of becoming a Christian, but actually other people's lives being transformed and honouring God with their lives. So if you say, well, what does it mean to be part of building God's temple today? This is what it looks like. It means being part of this eternal project that God is doing to make followers of Jesus. And those words at the bottom of that slide um, in Matthew chapter 28, Jesus' great commission, he says to his disciples, go and make disciples of all nations. That is what it looks like in 2020 to be part of building God's temple. Now I say this all up front because as we then, as we dig into Haggai, it's just going to be helpful to have all that kind of up front and helping us know that as we as we go go into the book this is this is how we kind of apply it um so let's kind of have a look at Haggai together so hopefully you've got it open uh, in front of you and you'll see um verse two the word of the Lord comes through Haggai to God's people and this is what Haggai or this is what the Lord says through Haggai in verse two these people say the time has not yet come to rebuild the Lord's house. So do you remember in the Duplo model, the, the Duplo model was just a ruin. And what God's people were basically saying is, oh, the, the time hasn't come yet to rebuild the Lord's house, to rebuild the temple? We kind of we're, we're going to do it, but we're not going to do it yet. It's not quite time, all right? That's what their response was. But look. What Haggai then says, look how he addresses them. Look how the Lord addresses them, verse three and four. And it's like a pin just popping um, uh, kind of their, their, their hearts and exposing them. Verse three, then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Is it a time for you yourselves to be living in your panelled houses while this house remains a ruin? In other words, what was going on is all the people in Jerusalem, they had their own houses. They had houses that were pretty nice. Panelled in those days was basically meant a pretty pretty swish house. And yet God's house, the temple, was lying in a ruin. And so Haggai's going, well, hang on, guys, you're saying it's not yet time to build the Lord's house, but you've, you've managed to build your own houses, all right? Do you see the challenge that Haggai is is issuing to them. He's saying you're kind of, you're saying you're going to put it off Uh, and you're saying it's not yet time, but how come you've managed to find the time, find the energy, find the resources to build your your own house? And so Haggai chapter one begins with a a challenge, begins with a challenge and says, actually, um, what are we giving? What are we giving to God's building project? And sometimes do we put off giving to God's building project, to this project of building disciples, making disciples. And yet the, there are other things in our lives that we're very happy to give our, our time and our energy and our enthusiasm to. Um, so I was just wrestling with this. Um, and uh, here are a couple of questions I think could be quite helpful to kind of just to mull on. Um, and we'll probably put these online afterwards. But, you know, what, what gets you distracted or puts you off? from God's mission of making disciples. It's so easy, isn't it? It's so easy to get distracted. It's so easy to put things off. Maybe you're a, a putter-offer. And it's weird, isn't it? Um, particularly in lockdown, in this time, you know, so, you know, it, when it began, we were all like, oh, what are we going to do with all our time? And some of us are going, what time? <laughs> um, but what are our priorities for for lockdown life? And how do they compare with with getting on board with with making disciples. What are our priorities for lockdown life and how do they compare with getting on board with making disciples? So tomorrow morning, you know, a new week. Actually, what is this week about amidst lockdown? And how much of it am I thinking actually I want to I want to be part of God God making disciples. That begins with me growing as a disciple. It begins with me helping those I know and love who are Christians to grow as disciples. And it involves me actually sharing with those who aren't that they might be able to follow Jesus too. So Haggai chapter 1 begins with this, this quite uncomfortable challenge. How come you've managed to spend lots of time and invest lots in, in your own life and yet God's, God's building project perhaps um, we've neglected. And Haggai then takes God's people through the consequences of their actions. So have a look at verse 5. This, now, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. You've planted much, but harvested little. You eat, but you never have enough. You drink, but you never have your fill. You put on clothes, but you're not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. What's he saying there? Well, basically, he's saying God's people were really frustrated. They were living lives that felt really frustrated they were planting loads, but they were seeing no fruit. They were, they were eating, but they were never satisfied. They were drinking, but they, but they felt something within them that just wasn't being filled. And it's really interesting here in these verses, Haggai is using some language from Leviticus and Deuteronomy, where God's people are told that actually if they turn away from God, one of the consequences of their actions will be that they won't be satisfied, that they will be frustrated in their lives. And Haggai is saying, "Do you see how that's happened? As you've turned and invested in your lives, building your lives, but neglecting God's building project, you'll only ever be frustrated because that's what God's God said will happen." And so, there's I think there's some kind of there's some kind of truth here in terms of how we engage with this as Christians. Actually, if we if we spend our lives just on ourselves, as we as we invest just in our lives and our priorities, then actually there will always be that kind of deep down dissatisfaction, frustration, that actually what we're building, what we're investing in, isn't going to satisfy in the way we want it. And yet when we reorientate our lives and put God at the centre and everything else fits into place, um, our, our family, our work, our career, our hobbies, they, they all suddenly find their right balance and they become much more satisfying much more fulfilling because we're receiving them as as God's gifts, and yet He is the one who is at the center. And so Haggai says, "Do you see the consequence? Do you see the consequence of your of your misplaced priorities?" Um, and then we see then we see the response. So have a look at verse twelve. As uh, you could imagine, God's people as they hear this from Haggai, you know what would you be thinking as you as you feel the challenge you know, what are you investing in? Zerubbabel, verse 12, he's like basically the, the, the mini king. He's like the ruler, the governor of Judah and the high priest, Joshua, and the whole remnant of the people obeyed the voice of the Lord, their God, and the message of the prophet Haggai, because the Lord had sent him and the people feared the Lord. Uh, what is their response? Their response is basically, okay, we need to we need to listen to this. We need to get on board with God's building project. We need to invest in, in, in what God's doing. They, they they have soft hearts and they hear the word, the challenge, and they go, Okay, yeah, maybe we need to re examine our ways. That that phrase in verse 5 and verse 7, give careful thought to your ways. It's repeated twice. And it's like, that's what they've done. They've, they've given careful thought to their lives and their priorities. And they've gone, okay, maybe we need to rethink our priorities. Now, I was thinking we live in this strange time, don't we? Where we're being told to stay at home and to save lives. So we're all living on the lockdown. We're all living under our own roofs. So what does it look like to actually get on board with this building project, this building project of making disciples when we're living are knocked down. We're trying to stay at home and save lives. But actually, we can still stay at home and be part of making disciples under our own roofs. And it has to begin with you, doesn't it? It has to begin with me. Um, it has to begin with my godliness, my prayer life. In what sense am I investing in my own growth as a Christian in this time? Even though it's hard, even though it's manic, even though it's crazy, um, how can I get involved in In myself growing, Um, I saw someone um, post a a, a sentence, a a good line on Twitter that was saying basically one of perhaps one of the kind of the consequences of this lockdown will be to show us that the reason that we don't pray so much isn't because we didn't have any time. Um, Actually, we, we live in lockdown at a time when we probably do have more time than normal in some ways. I know parents, that's always going to be a challenge. But actually, we can get involved in, in being part of God growing us as disciples during this time. What, what do you want for yourself through lockdown? In what ways do you want to grow? Um, and then perhaps the other people who are under our roofs. If, if we have family um, or if we have a spouse, or if we have children, actually, in what ways can I be involved in, in, in them growing as disciples? Uh, and that might begin with my prayer life. So actually, can I be praying for them? And whether it's to discover Jesus or to, to know Jesus better, um, there's that book, isn't there, That there's a book on prayer called You're Too Busy Not to Pray, which is always a really convicting title. Um, actually, I can be praying, you know, in the, in the craziness, in the midst of um, the manic days, in the midst of the kids going wild. Can I just eke out a few minutes to be praying, to be saying to the Lord, please, Lord, I want to be involved in you growing disciples, even under this roof. Um, and and perhaps, yeah, if we've got a partner, if we've got a spouse, um, whether or not they are a Christian, actually we can be involved in in, in praying for them and seeking, uh, actually, how can I perhaps help them to discover something of Jesus even at this crazy time? Um, so actually discipleship, making disciples can still take place um, under our own roofs. And then actually once we start thinking beyond that to the contacts we have through online, through friendships, through visits through writing through phone calls. How can we be involved in giving ourselves to this building project, even amidst lockdown? I don't know how you feel about that. I don't know how you feel about the whether that feels a lot of pressure, whether you feel, man, it feels like I'm spinning so many plates as it is. How on earth can I can I give more time to God and and there's a sense in which we could read this and just feel guilty couldn't we um uh, man this is hard and this is why chapter one ends with such brilliant news I want you to have a look at verse 13 again and we'll just end with this verse 13 look at what Haggai says to them they've just said you know we want to be part of this What does Haggai says? Haggai, the Lord's messenger, gave them this message of the Lord to the people. I am with you, declares the Lord. So the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, the high priest, and the spirit of the whole remnant of the people. They came and began to work on the house of the Lord Almighty, their God, on the 24th day of the sixth month. I am with you. Not just crack on and get on with it. I am with you. I am with you as you seek to grow in your own godliness, grow in your own godly character. I am with you as you seek to become a more prayerful person depending on the Lord. I am with you as you seek to disciple kids and talk to them about God in the midst of everything that's going on. I am with you when, you, when you're doing things to serve others that no one else sees. I am with you when when uh, you've kind of done this really sacrificial thing, and the motivations has been completely misjudged by everyone else. I am with you. That's what God says to uh, to the people in 520 BC, and that's what God says to us in 2020 AD. And we looked at that verse uh, where Jesus calls us to go and make disciples. But look how he ends it in Matthew chapter 28. Therefore, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. But look at this. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. It's a massive building project to be involved in in people becoming Christians, people being followers of Jesus, uh, lasting not just into this life, but into eternity. That's a massive thing to have on our shoulders but it's not on our shoulders. It's God's building project and he invites us to be part of it and he says, I am with you. I'm with you always to the end of the age. So I hope just as we begin this time in Haggai, I hope that encourages you. Perhaps it might challenge us as we think about what our lives are to be about, what we want to spend our lives on. But hopefully it also encourages us as Haggai says, as God says, I am with you in this. Uh, this is something that I want to be involved in, in doing in your life. Let's just pray and perhaps we can talk about this over coffee uh, after, our, after our last song. But let's say a prayer now. I am with you. Father, thank you for the book of Haggai. Thank you for our time in your word this morning. Pray that by your spirit, you would help us to know how we need to respond to this uh, father you uh, know each of us better than we know ourselves and by your spirit would you just place on our hearts what you want to take away from this um, help us to be encouraged by the news that I am with you where we feel despondent where we feel discouraged where we're not sure what we can be doing uh, help us to know that you are with us and that you want to make disciples of all nations and we and we do pray father that, that would begin with us that we would be those who are walking with you, who are growing, who are trusting you more and more. Even though we are broken, even though we are sinners, even though we get things wrong, even though we're exhausted, uh, help us to know that you are with us and that you will make disciples uh, beginning with us. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.